Men of the West. In the Old Testament, when a nation that worshipped false gods turned to child sacrifice, not only was that practice an abomination to the Lord, but it was a sign of the fullness of their depravity. While preparing his people to enter the promised land, God told Israel, When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you be not ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, that I also may do the same? You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods, for they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Deuteronomy 12, 29-31 In the early days of 1973, an event occurred in the United States of America that fundamentally altered the spiritual virility of the country. In the case of Roe v. Wade, the justices of the Supreme Court, led by a conservative majority, declared that the federal government would back and protect the first state religion. Bowing to the Jezebel prophets of secular culture, it condoned a woman's right to murder her unborn child, and thus condoned the worship of Satan through the sacrifice of children, protecting it under the highest law of the land, the Constitution. Though the court lacks any authority to make law, its sinister ruling offered enough footing for the enemy to create the illusion of law and thus wage a new war of ideological propaganda under the pretense of concrete legislative precedent. Yet the intention was always clear, to usher in a new order by way of a new religion. Though there is nothing new under the sun, and these new things are simply old pigs and new lipstick. Submission to Satan through pagan idolatry. Indeed, his serpentine tongue has called to the simple, greedy, and foolish, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me, enticing them with untold glory, influence, and the highest positions within our nation's government. Politicians have sworn fealty to this religion and have funneled untold millions in tax dollars to the funding of the abortion industry in order to aid its proliferation, while untold millions have been properly allocated to their efforts of secular neo-pagan evangelism. The priests of this cult successfully converted the professors of once brilliant universities and seminaries, pushed their doctrines into textbooks, and proselytized the masses as they infiltrated all forms of education art, politics, and entertainment. They sent their missionaries to school boards to push their catechisms. They orchestrated the removal of prayer to Almighty God in the name of Jesus Christ and replaced it with mandatory classes on the new secular theology of sexuality. Their vocal intention of hoping to educate children on science and safety accelerated through the culture, resulting in the rapid degeneration of marriage and the redefining of love, the mainstream church feebly countering with purity rings and tolerance. The pagan prophets have now wormed their way into the church itself, preaching their gospel of sex-made gospel and identity-made religion, defiantly mocking the authority of the people of God and with simpering resignation and their tails tucked between their legs, the church at large has shamefully retreated faster than the sons of Sceva, beaten, bruised, 
and with double the dishonor. Here in 2021, we find that the tireless efforts by our relentless foe have worked themselves out to their logical end, the destruction of sanity and the end of sanctity. We have become a nation of darkened minds praising godless abominations. We have hated wisdom, now we love death. Our elected representatives are heavily in favor of granting this religion unquestionable immunity to scorn, thereby cementing it as the high religion of the United States of America, modern secularism, one nation under Gog. Brothers, anyone who affirms and defends the industry of abortion is sanctioning the cult sacrifice of their nation's sons and daughters and are serving gods other than Jesus Christ. Abortion is idolatry. God hates it. And he doesn't care whether you think a person's natural state as a woman gives them an exclusive right to decide to kill their child before it's born. He still hates it. He has allowed nations to continue on in this manner for some time, proudly flaunting their sexual foolishness in the public square in defiance of the Almighty. Ever and always, the cry to repent goes forth. If it is heeded like Nineveh, then God relents. If it is ignored like Israel, then God utterly destroys those nations after plummeting them into years and years of darkness. However, do not lose heart. This cannot go on. It must not go on. Gird yourself like a man and stand tall. For Christ Jesus is King, and He is sovereign over our land. From his authority, he has given authority to his church and power by the Holy Spirit. As David penned, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Psalm 2, 1-6 through Indeed, Christian, Christ is on the throne. He holds in derision those who even now are setting their laws and rule against our Lord's sovereign hold on the earth. We, the church, Zion, the New Jerusalem, stand boldly beneath the banner of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and we advance the gospel in love with all power and authority, and we fight against this oppressive foe with fire from the throne of God. For what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the work of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Ephesians 1, 19-21 why should we, the kings and priests to our God, the chosen people for his own possession, have our hearts melt within us like the faithless spies of old Israel at the sight of the slightest opposition? Do not be double-minded. 
If we hold in such high esteem the saints who were slain in pagan lands or burned at the stake while preaching the gospel, or if we gaze through history and laud the valor of men such as Charles Martel and his Frankish soldiers at the Battle of Tours, who defended Christendom from the superior force of the invading Islamic Caliphate, if we praise God for his preserving power and steady retaking of the earth from the spiritual forces of darkness, then why should we shrink back at this, our enemy, our threat, our Philistia, our raging state? On the contrary, we should stand, we should fight. And if we were to do this and do it with all of our zeal, brethren, then we would prevail. Why? Because Jesus Christ laughs at them and thus we laugh. So no longer should you consider this battle a political battle. There are godless conservatives aplenty whose aim is the mere shadow of hollow tradition. No, we are in a spiritual battle, and it has come to your streets. It has assaulted your liberties, your families, your neighbors, and your churches. The state has either closed our places of worship, turned them, distracted them, or is heavily persecuting them. Its aim is to annihilate both family and church. This will fail. The gates of hell will not withstand the church. The church is eternal. So the question isn't, will the church survive this? But rather, how much longer, a world, will you survive against Christ and his bride? In 1 Samuel 2, Hannah prophesies, He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. May God thunder from heaven and break to pieces the religion of this nation. May God cut off in darkness the abomination of abortion. May God grant his saints to prevail. May we act like men. May we fulfill our commission. May the gospel go forth in power. May people's eyes be opened so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. Acts 26, 18. His love will cover the multitude of our sins. May Jesus Christ be exalted in our land once and forevermore. Amen. In Christ, Seth Dean, March 22, 2021, A.D. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Battle and the Bride. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. For more information, visit thebattleandthebride.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at thebattleandthebride at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and God bless.